on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Facebook launched a new user shopping journey with Facebook Shop. Twitter is limiting who can reply to tweets, especially if you're trying to get verified. What do pistachios and the latest YouTube trend have in common? Greg goes nuts over the answer. Shop earned a classy award, then had it revoked due to her shellfish ASMR talk. And we think Michael Jordan is a slam dunk choice for a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. It's why Anthony Davis went to L.A. What are you talking about? On today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on May 22nd, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. All right. And first up, we got a little bit of housekeeping. Important programming note. Marketing O'Clock is moving to Google Podcasts exclusively. We've inked out a deal with Google Podcasts. Just joking. Yeah, you didn't tell me that. (laughs) Could you imagine Google doing a deal with us? That'd be the dumbest deal in history for them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in in the podcast news. But how are you guys doing? Are you hanging in? How's lockdown going? I mean, I'd be doing better if we had $100 million. Yeah, and we could just get to there where Joe Rogan got $100 million to be exclusive to Spotify was the joke. But yeah, we, we, we don't make anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. We got a new remote. Uh, we already broke that new remote. It looks like a Frankenstein remote now. We're hanging in there. How'd you break the remote? What I, kind of remote is it? The remote, the boat, the buttons didn't feel right. They didn't have the right feel. And I tried to just it. Just mashed them? You're just mashing buttons? Is that what you're doing over there? I tried to toss it to my coworker to see if he could get the TV to work, and I missed the couch, and it shattered on the floor, and now we need a, a third remote. Jess? Yeah. You want, you want to hear about my life? We have officially run out of fun cereal in the house, and for anyone that knows me, I love fun cereals, so I've started eating the Gerber puffs that I feed my son because they kind of taste like Lucky Charms, so that's where we're at. Are they the yogurt ones? (laughs) No, they're just the regular old, like, grain puffs, but the blueberry one is really, really good. I I cannot critique that. You are absolutely correct. Have you had them? I'm not enjoyed it. (laughs) Yes. What about you? How's life? Uh, my, My life is great. My my wife had to go back to the office, so my kids are in essential worker daycare, probably just uh, you know wallowing around in that petri dish of COVID. <laughs> but for now, I'm fine. This is the most productive I've been since quarantine, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. And I kind of feel like uh, back to a little bit of, of normalcy here. And my kids are having the time of their life. That's good. Uh, we'll miss them on the Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Who are our sponsors this week, Jess? 
All right, this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. If you want to learn more, you can check out their blog or their awesome YouTube channel for step-by-step SEO tutorials. And Ahrefs has a deal that is too good to pass up. It is a seven-day trial for only $7. We're going to talk about it a little bit more, but I spent 10 minutes on a client call in their Ahrefs account this week. And we talked about the new coronavirus update, how it affected, which was positive. But we're running through a ton of information. It is worth it. Check it out. You can get instant data. Seven days, $7. Head on over to Ahrefs. That is A-H-R-E-F-S dot com to sign up today. And today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. And if you're like, oh, $7 was too much, well, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. Go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That is O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J, like strawberry egg jam. Six weeks free. And thank you to our sponsors this week. We're going to dive into some features that can help you a little bit later in the show. All right. First up here in the news is a big announcement from Facebook. Starting with a rollout this week, businesses will be able to set up shop literally on the Facebook platform. Facebook shops, as they're calling it, will give businesses the ability to sell products directly through the platform transaction and all. That's a very creative name they came up with there. Facebook shops. (laughs) I mean, we like to... We like when things are aptly named, right? I mean, I can't hate on that. And this is affecting my life personally because this is now the third show of the quarantine that has had a shopping title as the main story, and we really had to grasp at straws. So Jess, help me this week. Let me know what you think, listeners. We did a great job. And by we, I mean you two. You guys crushed it as always. The street is saying that our titles are the best part of our show. Okay, if you say so. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Anytime we can work in a classic rock reference, things are fun for me. All right, so Facebook shops will be discoverable from Facebook pages as well as profiles on Instagram. And that's really nice for now, but an Instagram version of shops is also planned for the summer. So for businesses that will prefer to do it that way, that option's coming. Can I guess the name? Is it Instagram shops? I I believe you are correct. Somebody get this guy a trophy. (laughs) So in addition to the shops that are planned for Facebook and Instagram, they're also testing features like loyalty programs and also real-time shopping via Facebook Live, which actually looks really cool. You can like tag your products ahead of time so that while you're talking about them live, folks can just hop into the shop and buy them. So again, that's just in a test right now, but pretty sure it's coming soon. So there's lots and lots of cool stuff coming out of this. They're trying to make it as easy as possible for businesses to take advantage as well. So even setting up the shop can be done on your phone. They're trying to make it as mobile-friendly as possible so you don't even need to go to a computer. The only about this though on a personal level it kind of scares me because I'm a sucker for buying things when it's easy and I already purchase things that I shouldn't from Instagram ads so if you don't even have to leave the app I'm scared for my wallet I'm excited about this because as you guys know I'm really into Facebook marketplace and like the crafts have been slowly creeping in there there are a lot of hand-knitted baby Yoda dolls Um, (laughs) or I was looking for a puzzle when I was in that 
you know, phase of my life, somebody was selling completed puzzles, like ready to frame like, no, <laughs> puzzle in a box. So that now we'll have the people reselling stuff on Facebook marketplace and these crafty people, you can sell your completed puzzle on shops. I love it. Did you buy Just- one? No, I was so upset. I could not believe. I was like, I'm in. 20 bucks. Puzzle. And she's like, you know, it's completed, right? Like, why would she sell that? Oh, my goodness. There's a puzzle shortage going on. And these people are like, we have so many. We did them for you. And you can just have our our second. That's like those shelled pistachios that you buy. You know, like the whole part of pistachios is getting rid of the shell. And then you can buy those big bags, just the green nuts. Like, who, 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 what kind of monster does that? I agree. Jess. When you said that about buying so much stuff on Instagram and this being negatively impacting you, I immediately thought, and we're going to have to make this a meme and put it over on the show notes on Marketing O'Clock, the Tiger King meme. Instagram (laughs) now opens up shops. I will never financially recover from this. Yes. (laughs) Pretty much it. That's pretty much what's going to happen. I'm just going to be sitting on my couch, just buying everything. I want to go back to the nuts though for a second. Why is it that people want to break open their own pistachios, but like more people buy peanuts already shelled versus like the hard peanuts to go after? Well, peanuts make a mess, right? Like a pistachio is hard. It is very, very easy to open up. And there's not debris everywhere. It's not a it's not a huge process. You, you have a few pistachios, you open them up, minor deal. I mean, but the people that buy the green nuts, you, you get pre-chewed food. Like, what are we doing? You can't open up a pistachio shell? I don't know what the difference is. I agree with Jess. I've never thought of this before. I feel like my life has changed. It's the same thing. It is exactly the same thing. And peanuts, at least you can eat the shell if you want a little extra salt. I don't think you should be eating pistachio shells. All right, Shep, what's next? Twitter is testing new conversation settings where after you tweet something, you can limit the replies. So you'll send the tweet and it will say, who can reply to this tweet? And you can select everyone, only people you follow, or only people you mention. If someone that isn't allowed to reply to your tweet tries to reply, they'll get a notification that says they're unable to because the original tweet's conversation settings. And this is currently limited to a small group of people on Twitter for iOS, Android, and Twitter.com, but everyone will be able to see the conversations and not be able to reply to them if the settings are set up that way. So I think this could be cool for like combating trolls, first of all, of course. Some interviews could be nice if you're like only talking to one person, you want to ask them questions, and you don't want other people like infiltrating the thread. But it just made me think of like the trouble Jennifer Lopez got into this week. And like she should probably just switch to Twitter and not Instagram. Did you guys see that? Uh, No. Okay. I just put it in the notes. She posted this workout selfie and somebody zoomed into the back and it's terrifying. There's like some man in the background with like his, (laughs) I don't know if it's A-Rod like trapped somewhere. We have to put this in the show notes. It's terrifying. I did see this. I did see this. I didn't know this is what you're talking And she tried to limit the, like she tried to put comment controls on the post too. So like I even tried and I was like, who's that guy in the background? Because I heard about this and it was like automatically filtered out. My comment did not post. If you put like guy or background in there, she needs to figure this out for Instagram, how she can limit replies. Uh, yeah, we need to put this in the show notes. It is terrifying. It's so creepy. But overall, I like it from from the fact if you're trying to interview somebody or have like a roundtable session with a few folks, it can make that conversation far less noisy. But only allowing people that you follow or people you mention on everyday posts is a sign of a psychopath. 
as if you follow somebody and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I let's have a conversation here. And they only include a certain group of folks. And it's not like a interview session or something like that. That's that's just weird. If you don't let people comment on it. Yeah. Because you're that sensitive or you're just you're narcissistic. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. It could creep in on like censorship. In the but right setting, it could be great. To be fair, when Kara Swisher tried to interview Jack Dorsey um, on that one Twitter interview session, it was a disaster, an absolute disaster. And I think that a lot of the, the changes stemmed from that. And we'll put that in the show notes too. So I do think that there is a, a purpose for this. But if you're just using this for everyday use, get lost, get bent. We don't need it. All right. And next up, Shopify isn't limiting anything. Rather, they are continuing to take on the world. And I found a great thread from Ari Benga on Shopify's recent summit that happened on Wednesday. And it was called Shopify Reunite. And I've got a couple of the highlights that came from Shopify. And it's really actually exciting and big news. So first up, Shopify is Shopify Capital that's open to small businesses and large businesses. And you can get anywhere from 200 bucks to $1 million fast and easy today. And I mean, I don't know about y'all, but if you give me those two options, I'll take a million. Yeah, same. Um, Next up, they're launching installments later in the year to make it easier for consumers to shop and lower their overall debts or interest in installments. And I I like how it's like he phrased this saying it's going to lower their credit card debt or interest. Yeah, like momentarily. If you just buy more stuff, he also said it's like it's going to dramatically increase conversion rates and your average cart size. Like, yeah, it's going to lower your credit card debt for one month and then it's just going to raise it later. Like, that's crazy. But yeah, I would say good for merchants. QVC did it first, first of all. It's called Easy Pay. And it got me in trouble with my elliptical because you buy something, you forget you got it on six easy payments and it hits your credit card every month and you forgot. It can be good for some people, but they shouldn't act like it was their idea. Well, I mean, it's worth it now, right? In lockdown and all, I bet that thing is uh, paid off. Yeah, it's been nice to have it, for sure. And it, it, just to confirm, the people I know, it's a pink elliptical, correct? Oh, yeah, it's pink. And it's run on magnets. Oh, wow. Magnets. How do they work? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up, from Shopify, anyone on any Shopify plan can leverage gift cards. And say it's quick cash to support your local businesses. And my big thought is, ugh, everybody hates gift cards. At least everybody speaking right now. Love gift cards. I hate other gifts. I just, no. If it's an Amazon card is the only thing I can do. But anyway, if you have any Shopify plan, you get gift cards now. Additionally, tipping is now available. So you can customize it to donate to your store, employees, or a charity, which I thought was cool. And now there's no excuse to tip where you couldn't before. And I kind of like that. So did you ever do that? When you go somewhere, you scan your card, you have no cash and you can't tip, you know? You and like when that happens to you? No, I like that they have that option. Oh. So you can't get stuck. Well, okay. like, people at the nail salon. No, because I feel terrible. Like yeah. when you can't tip some something and you're like, I've got this credit card only, you just check me out. What do I do? Yeah. And then you, you, you're like, oh, I'll get you next time. And some of us actually remember to do that. But how many people really do? Like you feel awful. This is nice. This is nice for sure. Yes. And that's what I meant. Sorry. I'm going through a lot here. There's a lot going on at uh, Shopify Reconnect or whatever. Reunite. All right. So we're going to fly through some of the last ones here. And 
cross-border is now getting easier than ever, so you can launch local stores under one Shopify roof. So you don't need to launch multiple stores. You can have the same store on a different domain. So you each different location can have a different store, which is awesome, especially seeing that they've got some of these new things like the tipping where you can give it right to an employee. And it also lends into one of the big COVID things that they've got. Um, so with COVID, you can now have online pickup in-store or curbside. So that definitely makes sense with the multiple domains. And they're going to have contactless buying in-store. So you can scan a QR code in the point of sale system and check out on Shopify. So great stuff coming there. And then lastly, they are actually starting to compete against some of the add-ons that are in Shopify now as well. So they have new landing page building soft. In your product pages have drag and drop flexibility and basically turn them into landing pages. So you can add sections, videos, images, reviews, and much more. And then lastly, the POS is being redesigned. So lots of awesome stuff coming from Shopify. And I, I read all this stuff and I'm like, holy cow, I need to invest in Shopify. And I wanted to go look at the price of Shopify. In March, it was like 35 bucks a share. And now it's $77 a share. I'm like, ah, probably too late. Doubled plus. So Maybe you could buy fine. those shares with like a couple easy payments. Then you could afford it. There you go. That's what I need. But anyway, that stonks with Greg. All right, Jess, what's up next? All right, friends, Google Ads is going to be phasing out the gallery ad format, which if you're not familiar, featured a swipeable carousel of images in search ads. So these ads have been in beta since last year. And if you're one of the people been using gallery ads and you just can't image in a world without them, you have all summer to get over it. Google said they will be sunsetting the format in August. So the good news though, for anyone that is in the image extensions beta is that it looks like the focus is kind of shifting that way and that program will continue. So if anyone is lucky enough to have those in your account, don't worry, they're not going away anytime soon that we know of. Was that a pun, Jess? Yeah, it was. I tried really yeah. hard. <laughs> Can I nominate that for a clock skirt for the worst pun of the year? <laughs> now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's Take of the Week comes from Carl Hendy at Carl Hendy on Twitter. And Carl has a tweet. My Google Core Update Blog Post, colon. Emoji chart up. Some sites improve visibility. Emoji chart down. Some sites lost visibility. Tools emoji. Need to fix technical issues. Facepalm emoji. Need to improve UX. Poop emoji. Don't have crap content. Arrow emoji. Sign up here for my newsletter. <laughs> That's great. Couldn't you? He should just save this and use it for the next update, shouldn't he? That's the joke, Shab. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it supposed to be different? No, the joke no. is that everybody does the same stuff over and over again. These sites did good. These sites did bad. Here's what we need to fix. Here. Oh, yeah, so sign up for, for my, my stuff. That's the okay. joke. I get the joke now. Great. Love okay. it. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. And this week's I See Why Am I comes from the Queen of Spice, Pamela Lund, at Pamela underscore Lund on Twitter, who is a must follow. Whatever you're doing right now, stop. Open up your Twitter app. Follow at Pamela underscore Lund. You won't regret it. That's a uh, guarantee. Anyway, Pamela says, stuck coming up with ad copy ideas? Read reviews to see what happy customers say. 
what problems your products solve, what they love, what they were surprised by. Don't have reviews? Read your competitors' reviews and use what applies. I love Bam. this idea. Genius. And you could read like your competitors' bad reviews, and it's if it's something that you do better, you could talk about it, you know? Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work or just on Twitter if you feel like it. Whatever you want. Jess, how to use Optio. So one of the nicest things about Optio is that when it makes a recommendation, it provides additional information to help paint the whole picture for you. So if it suggests, say, that you increase the bid on a particular keyword, it's not just going to say that to you. It's going to show you what the keyword CPA is, the search impression share, top impression share, the first page bid, things like that, that will actually help you make an informed decision. So it's extremely helpful that you can see these metrics without having to pop over to Google Ads. You see everything right within Optio, and then you can decide to apply the recommendation recommendation or not. And you probably will because Optio makes great recommendations. If you want to get a six-week free trial, I'm talking to you. Today's the day. Head on over to optio.com forward slash SEJ to get six weeks for free. I'm telling you, Optio is telling me not to say this. (laughs) Not really, but sign up. Check it out for six weeks. Take all the advice. Take all the insight. But it's over at optio.com forward slash sej and you know what i'm telling you because Apio is worth it all right shop what's in paid first up this week we talked a couple of weeks ago about google ads new business identity verification program it's super boring if you don't remember they're asking everyone to submit verification so when their ads display in the wild people can click to see who the advertiser is where they're located and block that advertiser if they want to so this is a really small change but originally Businesses were asked to submit verification, and if they didn't do so in 30 days, their ads would stop running. Now, advertisers will be asked to verify their identity. Then after 21 days, if they still haven't submitted it, they'll get a warning message. Then after 30 days, their ads will stop running. This whole story just gives me hives because I have three IDs in my wallet right now, and it just makes me think of how I need to figure my life out. So, What? What three IDs do you have? I have... My maiden name ID, then I got married and got a new ID, then we bought a house, so I got a third ID, and they're all in my wallet, and I like need different ones for different things. It's really hard. I'm doing my best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were like international woman of mystery. Yeah, I mean, really- I know you. I know you are. It's okay. And next up, YouTube announced that they are offering a new global content solution for advertisers called YouTube Select. This is a, quote, reimagination and unification of solutions like Google Preferred and Prime Pack. The first big change is a new lineup offering called Emerging Lineups in the U.S. This is how they explain it. Emerging lineups provide an easy way to efficiently extend the reach of your campaigns among up-and-coming or niche channels with the added benefit of brand suitability controls. So brand suitability controls sound nice, but the word niche sounds really terrifying. ASMR was once an emerging trend, and it's very, very niche, and I don't want to be associated with that. And also, my company (laughs) showed me this YouTube trend where people were eating, like, these huge portions of shellfish on camera, and people were just watching it on YouTube. Like, that's what I think of when I think of niche audiences on YouTube. 
there's a test out there, the niche test. And if you call it a niche, you're not that classy. So Shep, you passed the niche niche test. You oh, are officially classy. But the fact that you have joined your cousin in watching people eating large portions of shellfish on camera, you've now got your classy card taken away. I didn't consent to it. They just played it. Doesn't you matter. Sound- the card's gone. This is the first time you've agreed with my pronunciation on something. A. B. Niche is just such a hard word to spell. Advertisers will also be able to target a dedicated YouTube TV lineup, including ad placements on top content, popular creators, YouTube originals, live sports, feature-length movies, timely news, and more, and money countries, including most across Europe and Asia Pacific, I guess not the U.S., are making certain YouTube select lineups available via Google Ads, Display, and Video 360, so you'll be able to set up campaigns right in your Google Ads account, which sounds really nice. And next, we have a couple of LinkedIn ads updates to share. First spotted in the wild by Mary Hartman at PPC Hartman on Twitter. There's a new average frequency column in LinkedIn ads reporting. Love to see it. A bit overdue. And something we don't love to see. This was brought to our attention by Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92. If you are our listener of the show. Yes, absolutely. If you're in campaign manager and want to select a campaign to manage, You have to select the campaign, then click on these three tiny dots to do any edits at all. It's not user-friendly, and I'll just let Andrea say it all. She said, quote, this bothers me so much. (laughs) Yeah, and can can I quote somebody then if you quote one? So I'll quote a response, Andrea, power listener of the show, and I'm going to quote Melissa Mackey. And she said, isn't this stupid AF? (laughs) LinkedIn ads UI is god-awful. Hashtag PPC chat. Yeah, so – Good and bad stuff from LinkedIn this week. And you guys may have forgotten since so much has happened since then, but Google did announce in January that they are working to phase out of third-party cookies within two years in Chrome. So this article from Laura O'Reilly at Digiday talks about how Google is, quote, auditioning candidates to succeed the third-party cookie. And it has the most amazingly beautiful piece of artwork (laughs) of a cookie. It's a cookie woman. She's a songstress. She's in a really nice dress above the elbow gloves. Her lipstick matches her dress and gloves. And she's just having her audition. Can I give you a hot take? I thought she was a raisin when I first looked at her. (gasps) I thought she was SpongeBob's parents. Like she looks like those. <laughs> Apparently, they're planning on running bid request signal experiments in conjunction with some external ad tech companies that are smarter than me. I don't really know what that means. They're also beginning to explore how user targeting could work without cookies in real-time bidding auctions by using a technique called the federated learning of cohorts. Nerd alert. That that I was thinking the same exact thing. It's like the federated learning of cohorts. It seems like there's a bunch of tattletales, don't you think? It sounds like a fake organization that's just like funneling money for something. Yeah. It's like, oh. So apparently you you skipped a step when walking up those stairs. Go back and do it again. Yeah. Did you have that in school? Um, I don't think so. Maybe you should add it to the curriculum. In our elementary school, if you skipped a step, you had to go back and do the steps again. On like a real staircase? Yes. We had people, the Federated Learning of Cohorts was sitting there. They had a little vest and they looked to see if you skipped a step. Because they're being efficient? No, because you were dangerous. Too dangerous. That's not dangerous. Talk about psychopath. Apparently, the Federal Learning of Cohorts uses machine learning algorithms 
that run on the device to group people into audience segments based on behavior such as browser history. So these really smart people just need to figure out a way for us to target ads without third-party cookies, and they're considering their options right now. This week's Organic Lightning Round is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs is a fantastic tool that tells you everything you need to know about your website, how it's performing, why it's performing, and where it's not. And like I said earlier on the show, I had a full 15 minutes of a call earlier in the week running through Ahrefs, talking about the coronavirus, what was good, what was bad. We were looking at, at competitors. It is an amazing tool. And it made me look smarter. That's all you need it for. Like, I looked smarter. You can look smarter if you use Ahrefs. Shop, how to use Ahrefs. So one thing that can make you look smarter is Ahrefs Rank Tracker Tool, which tracks your rankings over time and looks at your performance compared to competitors. And what's really cool about Rank Tracker is you have the power to tell Ahrefs which keywords you want to track. And you can also group keywords together by tagging them. So you could tag keywords similar to different services that you offer, or you could tag all of the keywords you're targeting with blog posts and look up performance as a whole and how it's trending over time after a core update or whenever you want. It's awesome. And if you don't believe us, there's a seven-day trial, only seven bucks. Head on over to hrefs.com. That is A-H-R-E-F-S.com. A-H-R-E-F-S.com to sign up today. What is happening in organic this week? Oh, man, we've got a lot, Shep. This week, I'm going to start with a tweet from Danny Sullivan over on his at search liaison handle. And the tweet reads, the May 2020 core update rollout is complete. And we call that the Corona update, but... It's over. It's done. And that was earlier in the week. I believe it was on Tuesday this week. And there was a lot of commentary around this as well. And I want to read a few of my favorite responses to Danny's tweet over on his at search liaison handle. And somebody named Abby Wu said, Cosmopolitan rewrote my content and gave me a link and outranked my website. Then Yahoo News reposted Cosmopolitan's content. And now both Cosmopolitan and Yahoo's page are listed in the top one first and the other second. What did what does she mean they rewrote her content? Like they plagiarized her? Yep. Um, I don't think that's what you want. No, that's called the old Neil Patel in the digital marketing community. Shots fired. All right, next up <laughs> was a comment from Imanathi, and they said, to show how stupid the update is, it started showing my old domain in search, even though it's up to a year, I changed the domain name with 3 and Redirect. This is rubbish. <laughs> I love Poor that Danny. word. <laughs> Poor Danny. Poor rubbish Danny. For one week, it's the K-poppers, and then it's the Corona updateers. Um, but this is one that I actually saw, and it comes from um, Guillermo, and I don't know how to say his last name. But he says, do you realize there are keywords where basically all results are from Pinterest with different country TLDs, right? And I've seen a lot more Pinterest lately. I don't know about you. I saw another tweet. It might have been AJ Cohn, and he talked about YouTube being uh, getting more visibility. Weird. Yeah, Weird. Pinterest. Weird that you give YouTube more visibility. Strange. I have seen more YouTube. Okay. Well, anyway, thankfully, we've got the gurus here on hand, and we've got Glenn, and we've got Marie, and there's some great feedback about what has happened with this update. And again, this is officially the May Core 2020 update. And Glenn gave 
BFF of the show officially until he leaves and goes over to the Google show, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So he has got a great article, and one of my favorite lines in the article was that there's never one smoking gun. There's typically a battery of them. And if you've been hit by the update, or if you're just nervous in general, if it's your job to do better in search, you need to check this article out. There's so much common sense and high-level strategy that we miss in today's articles and today's clickbait. Glenn is just this common sense that we need today. And it, it, just to quote him in one other part of the article, he says, that's why I recommend using the kitchen sink approach to remediation, which involves surfacing all potential problems on a site and fixing as many as you possibly can. So Glenn goes into a ton of different items and talks about the relevance changes could be affecting you. There's recovery. But my favorite thing is he puts on his Professor Gabe FF hat. And he talks about the May 2020 core update, four case studies and four lessons. And it gives us things that he learned from the case from the update. And first off was Tales from March 2019 core update, a health medical niche ship that picked up back up here in the Corona update. Shows what happened from being hit back in 19 and picking up now and why that happened. Then he talks about medieval panda core updates and beyond talks about a client that really got wiped out in Panda. And man, look at this update. He's doing a great job for this client. Kudos, Glenn. The uh, search console graph that he shows is phenomenal. Then he talks about the ghost of Fred, the Fred update from 2017 or whatever, um, and a reminder to continually analyze and also uh, recovery from a non-core update during the May 2020 update. So um, this was a company that got smoked just in general, and then the May 2020 core update um, helped them recover. So there's a lot of great information in there. But my favorite part of Glenn's article was the recovery section. And he says the following, and I we're going to go along today, I don't care. You need to know this. Glenn says, one of the reasons it's important to understand how this works is because some companies are implementing short-term testing of changes, then rolling those changes back if they don't see positive movement. That will not work since you won't know if those changes are helping until another core update rolls out, all caps, which is true. You don't know what's going to happen until the core update comes. And people do so many things on such a short-term, small sample size basis. You could just go read the article. All right. And then Marie Haynes over at MarieHaynes.com has a great core update recap as well. And she has two main things that she's seen. One being that Google could be putting less emphasis on links now that they can better understand the relevancy of content. And two, Google should be using BERT to better understand which links are true votes or recommendations of your content. The great case studies, check them out. And if you need more information, these are the two best detailed breakdowns. Glenn and Marie, thank you. Okay. And now going on to some more news from Google My Business. Some reviews are now appearing as publication speed picks up. We talked about back in mid-March where Google had disabled some of the new reviews, probably for the greater good because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but they're now coming coming back kind of pretty quick. So a big kind of shots fired from Greg Sterling over at Search Engine Land. In the article, he said, 
Google had been working with reduced support staff, but the issues that were impacting review moderation publication appear to have been resolved. Sites like Yelp and TripAdvisor never paused review publication. Ooh, burn. Yeah, let's get let's get Google a little aloe. Um, <laughs> and so I like this. It's it's kind of a tough time for reviews in general because you need them from a health standpoint to say this was a great experience. I, there was perfect distancing. I got everything I needed. But at the same time, like there's a lot of Grubhub's, Postmates, Skip the Dishes, DoorDashes of the world that might be leading to negative reviews because th- those services kind of stink. Let's be honest. Do you guys use those? I don't Once use them. The delivery is so expensive. Yeah. So I'll like use Grubhub, but I'll go pick it up. It's also like not as good as just eating at a restaurant. Well, yeah, it's just not like I, I feel like the takeout I'm getting is so much greasier and like more disgusting than it was in the restaurant. And it's like changing my experience. So anyway, that's just something to look at. And, and I would say, too, and during this time, if you are worried about this and let's say you're a restaurant owner or somebody local that has these issues, just respond to people like, you know, when you're looking at reviews, if you see people responding naturally that goes a long way and and people see the truth. So, all right, next up, Bing has three new features coming into the Bing webmaster portal. First up being URL submission. It is a popular tool in Bing webmaster submit URL tool. It's now called URL submission and you can do it for real time indexation, which is great. You can also block URLs and you can, have some control over the crawl. So if you want to control the speed of crawling to your site by Bingbot, you can do that in Webmaster Tools. That's awesome. Um, one bit of free advice, Bing, have some core updates. Let's get some cool names going. Like, let's get people talking and have writing posts about some core updates. I know it has nothing to do with Webmasters, but I mean, that's cool. Something else that has nothing to do with Webmasters, I wish I could control the crawl speed on my child. He goes oh. everywhere. All over the house. Fast. He's fast. He's super fast. And I just, nobody warned me that this was coming and that it was going to happen so quickly. And I can't keep up. Like, I feel like I'm getting my steps in and I have a very small house, but he's just all over the place. So maybe we need a a Bing webmaster portal for for him. All right. Next up, Google is adding support for guided recipes in Search Console, as well as the ability to validate that markup in the rich results test tool. So guided recipe markup is the step-by-step process of walking through the recipes that are used in Google Assistant. And there's now just more support in Search Console. And you know what I think would be cool? Is if Search Console would report on like how the recipe turned out. Like, was it good or should it be one of those baking fails? Yeah, I want that. That's what I want. I want to see the recipe and I want to see the results. That'd be fun. Why doesn't somebody do that? There like, should be a recipe site that has the recipe and then user-generated content on how it looked. Yeah, and people could make comments about like little tweaks they made. or what, That's a wonderful idea. You need to get into the recipe blog business. Yes, I just need to be more long-winded somehow. Um, also, there's a bunch <laughs> of structured data warnings that came out in Search Console. Roger Monty. Martini Buster had a great takedown of the changes, and you can head on over to the show notes to check it out, but you probably got a bunch of warnings if you have recipe clients like we have, and you just need to navigate it, and Roger does a great job, so 
marketingclock.com if you want more of that. Next up from not Eastern, not Western, not Northern, but Matt Southern over on Search Engine Journal is a list of the five key trends shaping consumer behavior amid COVID-19 according to Google. We're just going to ruin the entire story for you because I'm going to tell you what Google said. First up, they said more consumers are using multiple devices. Are you guys using multiple devices? No, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm not like... Definitely not. No. Uh, They also said there's an increased reliance on Google. Weird. No. (laughs) That's what Google said. (laughs) Relying on Google more. For what? (laughs) Who knows? They also said people are creating and fostering relationships virtually. I mean, all right. I don't know. Are you guys like, like you're just creating a lot of new virtual relationships? Actually, like my husband has. Your husband has been creating virtual relationships during COVID-19 while watching a child that's crawling immensely. Please, (laughs) please expand. (laughs) Yeah. So he actually, um, through a friend that we know that lives out of state, he has joined this group of people that live like all over the country that do a zoom beer share on like every thursday night and they all just gather around their computers and drink together basically and he only knew one person going into this now he has like 18 new friends virtually so yes it is happening that sounds so stressful i hate having to like go on to a zoom call with people i don't know and wondering if i'm supposed to introduce myself same but he's not like us chef he puts himself out there he's in the bar business like he's good at talking to people i just sneak in with the baby and wave and then leave because it makes me totally nervous i'm with you i wouldn't want to do that but he loves it can i give you a hot tip yeah he should bring the baby make more <laughs> friends he's at 18 he'd have 36 imagine that <laughs> all right next up google said that they people are adjusting to routines to be at home first which whatever. And then Google also, people are practicing self-care more. And my thought was like, yo, <laughs> not here. <laughs> until this week, until my kids have gone away. I like, it's just been a get, get through the week alive. How, are you guys doing more self-care or less? Yeah. I mean, somebody tweeted this week. It was, it was somebody famous. It might've been Chrissy Teigen was like, sometimes self-care is an everything bagel. You know, That's fair. that makes you feel good. I practice that kind of self-care. I don't, my theory with this though, is that people are like Googling things about self-care and they're trying to like look up things that they can do. But then once they read about like the yoga routine or something, they're over it and they don't actually do it. So it might look like people are practicing more, but I don't think they are. I think they're still sitting on their couch. Uh, I got to be mindful every day for an hour. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, Get rid of it. That's not an everything bagel. Um, all right, and then next up, there is a new podcast. Just what everybody needed. We did not have enough podcasts. We needed more. And there's a new podcast from John Mueller, Martin Split, and Gary from Google. And it's called the Off the, the Search Off the Record Podcast. And I love the idea that you have Google be more transparent, speak um directly to people and let them know like what's happening. I like that a lot. My my one qualm is I have Danny on the podcast. His search daily search recap that used to do every single day about search engines was really what spawned this show. It was the best piece of content out there. He's the best. It should be Danny on this. That's who we need. 
I would like to know if this is a Google Podcast exclusive. It actually, they linked over to Libsyn Pro. What is that? Libsyn Pro. It's like, uh, we use Anchor. It's a Spotify um, aggregator for, or not aggregator. It, it's it's the platform to you to run your podcast. I think oh. she meant like, why are they doing people, that? Yeah, I want to know if people are listening to it on Google Podcasts. Oh, they should. But anyway, I listened, they have a trailer out. I listened to it. The trailer is all right. It was okay. I mean- I know we do it a lot, but you don't tell people to listen to you because you're funny, right? Like, just be funny, you know? So, anyway, <laughs> talk about that. If, if you think this is funny, you would probably like the show. And it's it's Martin, I believe, over at Google saying, what would your user agent be if you were a user agent? And they said, I'd be a pink, fluffy unicorn. So if you think that's a, a good joke, you're going to absolutely love the Search Off the Record podcast. Head over to the show notes at marketingclock.com. What's the over and under on the number of shows you guys think they'll do? Before they quit? Yes. How does over under work? We give you a number? Yep. Somebody can set the number or you can go over and under. I can set the number to make it easy. Did they say how often they were going to do it? Like weekly? No. Okay. You set the number. I'm going to set it at 12. I'll take the over. What'd you say, Jess? I said under. All right. We'll see. We'll see (laughs) after 12 episodes. But again, cool that they're doing it. Cool that they're being open. I I love that aspect of it. Anyway, head over to the show notes if you want to check out that show. Next up from John Henshaw at Henshaw on Twitter over at Koi Wolf. There's a new version of Google's Lighthouse auditing tool, and it has changed. It's calculated the score by removing two metrics and adding three new ones about site speed. And the three new metrics are the largest contentful paint, the total blocking time, and the cumulative layout shift. So if if you've got that need for speed, head on over to Koi Wolf and see more about Google Lighthouse changes. Next up, there's an article over on Sterling Sky about... Physical addresses versus mailing addresses. What is Google Base ranking on? And this comes from Colin Nielsen. And Colin got to the bottom of this. And he said, they did a great takedown of a company in, uh, I think it's like Nebraska. But they actually were in the city called Lexicana. They was trying to get into Olathe listings. I guess that's a big Nebraska hubspot, Olathe. But they were in Lexicana. Um, that was the mailing address that they use. Was an Olathe mailing address, if that makes sense. It all sounds like this is a, a pharmacy ad, doesn't it? Like, it, yeah, yeah, it sounds fake. I've never but heard take, of either of those places. No, but take 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 Lexicana. But watch out if you've got heart problems, beating hearts. Listeners in Nebraska, let us know. Yeah. Anyway, the mailing address was trumped by the physical location. So you can't just put in a mailing address into your My Business and circumvent where you actually are located physically. It was a really good study done by Colin. So go check it out. And then additionally, you might see significant decline in your Google Discover Traffic and Search Console. There's a reporting bug. So more bugs in Search Console, nothing new there. And over from Brody Clark, our favorite SEO down under. He took a look at the fact that structured data 
was not supported for unpaid listings in the Google Shopping tab. It was a change that Google made. They made a big change to the way that this new amazing shopping... I've actually used Google Shopping more. Have you guys used it more now that it's not just paid only? Yes, definitely. At least for like the research phase. I haven't bought anything yet. No, I buy all my stuff off social media. You guys know that. Okay. Well, I bought kid shoes. So just once, uh, once you get past that crawling phase, you can head on over shoes there. But <laughs> you changed... <laughs> said that structured data markup is not supported for unpaid listings on the Google Shopping tab. That was not what it said before. Brody caught it and uncovered that. So you can head on over to the article and check that out. And next up, over on blog.google.com, Danny Sullivan allowed Google to reintroduce itself, or the knowledge panels, at least. So he did a breakdown of what a knowledge panel is for Google in Google's eyes, how they operate, and how to make suggestions if you have changes for any of the knowledge panels. All right, next up, uh, Prime Day is moving from July to September. So if you're looking for some of the good deals, you're going to have to wait, wait a while. And you know what? I, I like the fact that they're trying to do this and not capitalize on a pandemic and everything. But if you really wanted some free advice, Maybe do it right like when the stimulus check hits. Give yeah. people a deal. People need stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's it, bud. All for organic. Let's get social. This week's social lightning round is brought to you by the Search Engine Journal eSummit. The eSummit is a one-day must-attend event that is absolutely free. The eSummit is on June 2nd from 10 a.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. and features a day full of thought leaders, Googlers, and networking. It's looking like it will be the biggest event of 2020 here in the search space. So be sure to sign up today. You can do so at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJ dash eSummit, or you can find that in our show notes. Greg, what are you looking forward to at the eSummit? Well, I think the price of admission, which is free, is all worth it for Susan Winograd's A Happy Marriage of Paid Social and Paid Search Panel. This sounds like a can't miss. And for you sportsters, Shop and Jess, here is the description that Susan has of her panel coming to the free eSum and the first 5,000 applicants or just registrants, I guess, for the eSummit get the free networking pass. And then there's a, I believe it goes to charity for anybody after that that wants to network and talk to Susan about this fantastic description. But she says, marketing channels like paid social are actually the quarterback that snaps the ball to the PPC player for the touchdown. Differentiated targeting audiences and content can be game changers for what goes through your sales funnel. So check it out. Head on over. It is absolutely free to attend, and it is going to be, Shep, like you said, the event of the year. Wow, and thanks, Susan, for explaining sports in a way that I can understand. That was nice. All right, moving on to the social news First up here, Instagram has introduced a new feature that they're calling Guides, and it lets creators curate content around specific topics due to current events. So the first iteration is just going to focus on wellness and well-being. So participating creators and organizations can use the Guides feature to lump relevant posts together and add helpful tips and advice for context. So users can easily find these guides by clicking on the icon above the posts on a creator's profile. It kind of looks like a pamphlet, and it's wedged between the post grid and the tagged photos icons. 
Just a heads up though, folks, if you're trying to find these on desktop, you probably won't. I've only been able to get them to show up on my phone, but I think that's how most people use Instagram anyway. So probably not a problem. Yeah. You may be the only person to use Instagram <laughs> on the desktop today. <laughs> to be fair, it's because I clicked the link in the article because I wanted to see it and I was on my computer doing my notes. So I'm not that big of a nerd. Next up, there is a new look coming to an embedded tweet near you. If you like those spot the differences games, like in the newspaper, this one's for you. Check out the link in the show notes and see if you can't pick out what's actually different about the new style. It's very, very subtle. I'll leave it at that. It's insane. It shouldn't even be news. It's crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's like slightly more rounded corners. Now you don't even have to play the game. It's literally four, five pixels. (laughs) Right? Yeah, big news. There's been a lot of news lately. I mean, actually, there has been a lot of news on our show, but in the real world, there hasn't been a lot of news. So I'll take it. Fair enough. All right. Jiffy announced this week that they were acquired by Facebook. And in the tweet, they also noted that they will be joining the Instagram team. Did you guys see this tweet? Did you look at it? It's it's insane. It's like it's got a GIF that's made up of a bunch of other GIFs and emojis and stickers. It just looks like the best party so far in 2020. But if you click through to their actual announcement, they have even more GIFs. So it's very on brand for them. And I I don't hate it at all. I really like it. So one thing I do hate, Jess, is the fact that you called it Giphy. And then you said, did you check out Giphy's GIF? Oh, my God. I didn't call it Giphy. I called it Jiffy, didn't I? I don't even pay attention. Who cares? Rewind the tapes. We need to know. This GIF is insane. It's cute, right? (laughs) There's so much happening. There's a lot happening. I think they did it on purpose. They're trying to be heavy-handed. They also thanked everyone in their announcement that's been with them on this journey. And they included surprise pandas, chill lizards, and every single cat, which I thought was really funny. There's a lot of sass here. It's a fun read. This is a tweet, right? It's a tweet, yeah, with a link then to their announcement. (laughs) Like, I wonder if that Giphy integration on Twitter is going to go away. It's not. So that's what I was just about to say. They did say that... Jiffy and all of the GIFs included are going to continue to be openly available. They're not going anywhere, even though they're now part of the Instagram team. So that's great news, especially for us, I think, because Slack would be really, really boring without GIFs. Yeah, we need them. Yeah, we do. And speaking of boring, if you want to learn more about the AI behind Facebook's new shopping updates that we talked about earlier, VentureBeat has some really solid coverage that I invite you to read through. If you're not super techie like me, it reads kind of like a sci-fi novel. They use terms like groknet, which as I was reading it, I was flipping the R and the O and it was gorknet in my mind. I, I don't even know. Overall, though, aside from just the the science or the technology behind the AI, The point is that Facebook is moving towards a goal of an all-in-one AI assistant that can search and rank products while at the same time personalizing its recommendations to individual tastes, which if they can nail that would mean way more people shopping on Facebook than just Shep and her creepy dolls. So I think it's cool. It's just, it's it's a very technical read, but if you read the first couple paragraphs, you get the gist of what they're trying to do. If they nail that down, insert the Tiger King meme again here. (laughs) (laughs) exactly and more shopping news pinterest is launching a new feature called shopping spotlights which will curate i feel like i've been using that word a lot today curate recommendations for users from influencers and publishers as well as recommendations based on what's currently trending on pinterest and the examples they used were tie-dye terracotta home accents and intergalactic makeup and that I don't, no one's going anywhere right now. So I'm just picturing everybody sitting at home dressed up like they're going to space prom. I have no idea what intergalactic makeup is. Well, Greg, I'm sure been, you don't either. 
shop. doing their at-home tie-dye. I've seen that. And then like I'll be out on the bike path and there's just hippies everywhere in their tie-dye. Okay, so where does this makeup fit in? This intergalactic um, makeup. It's I don't just really getting know ready for the next thing. You know, we had corona, killer wasp, murder wasps or whatever. <laughs> and then it's probably going to be aliens. So like get that makeup in check before they get here. Fair enough. All right. Well, Greg's very on trend. Check out his Pinterest board for more inspiration. (laughs) All right. We talked a few shows ago about how the option to save Instagram live videos to IGTV was coming, and it is now officially here. So all users can send their completed live broadcasts over to IGTV with just the click of a button. Yay. If that's something you're into. Other news from Instagram. The platform has made updates to their alerts about copyright infringement in live video. This is actually really helpful. They're now going to be surfacing notifications sooner and with clearer language so that creators will have time to act if they're using, you know, maybe a song that they don't have license to use before their broadcast is muted or blocked for violating policy. So that's really helpful. Lastly, here, Facebook is testing new engagement alerts for groups to help highlight key topics and discussions. And these alerts let admins know, quote, when posts or comments in your group are getting a big response, end quote. So I was going to make a joke here about people getting fired up in an intergalactic makeup group. And when I was trying to figure out what to say, somehow I just ended up reading reviews for Space Jam on the internet because that's where my brain is today. Did you guys know, first of all, did you guys know that there's a Space Jam 2 coming out? I was going to ask you which Space Jam you're yeah, talking about. So yes, I do know that. You did? I had that's, no idea. That's why LeBron went to L.A. I didn't know LeBron went to well, L.A. Anthony, I don't... Anthony Davis signed, Jess. Do you think that they actually had the contract to sign Anthony Davis? You don't think there's some back-end movie revenue to get him? Who you is know, Anthony Davis? What are you talking about? I don't know what Greg's saying. I just know he went to L.A. to film Space Jam 2. Well, He got people to L.A. for Space Jam. And he went to L.A. anyway. I I don't know. I just hope that the reviews for Space Jam 2 are as good as for the original because I read one today. Five stars. Great movie. This is coming from someone who is 28 years old and never seen this movie before. (laughs) So if Space Jam 2 can be half as successful as the original, I I think it's going to be okay. Good for LeBron. And they didn't talk about Space Jam at all in that basketball documentary. Really? Probably for a reason, Shep. Probably for a reason. That's like the most important accomplishment that Michael Jordan has is that incredible movie. And it got no. How dare you? How dare you? No, she's right. There was another review that talked specifically about his amazing acting skills and how they basically were the heart of the film. Chef's on something. He should have had an Oscar nom. I'm I'm telling you. I agree. Have you ever seen the Jordan commercial? Maybe. It's called Maybe, I believe. It is. It is, it should earn an Oscar. Is it it's phenomenal? Was it in the documentary in one of the early episodes? I didn't watch the documentary. I don't oh. have ESPN. Oh, you can just use your parents' cable login and stream it. More on that in the after show, actually. All right, Jess. What's next? Nothing. That was it. All right. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Okay, so I have a weird thing that I've just noticed lately. I don't know if this is part of the Corona update or the new organic shopping listings, but I feel like I've seen weird shopping results for things where shopping results shouldn't be showing up. So first, I was looking up reflexology because my toes are blue, 
And I got all these ads for like <laughs> reflectology guides. It's like, if you're looking up reflexology, you're not looking to buy something. And then the second one was I looked up Jazzagals because I wanted to know how to spell it. Um, it's a fictional singing group in the TV show Schitt's Creek. And instead of like telling me about the Jazzagals, it, or Jazzagals, right? That's how you say it, Jess? Absolutely. And I like that you defined that as if people don't know. Everybody knows Schitt's Creek, right? I got, know that. What? I got an ad for an $860 sweater that Dan Levy wears in one of the episodes with like no apparent reason. And then like one of his books. I don't mean to be nitpicky, but I don't think that's the exact sweater. I don't think the one he wears has a, a pocket on the chest like that. Wow. You're really an expert. What are you guys talking about? Schitt's Creek. <laughs> I don't it's know. a really good show Moira Rose show. is my inspiration but I wanted to know about the Jazza Girls. I did not want to buy this sweater and I just feel like I've been seeing this actually I saw it more like last week than this week so maybe they fixed it but it was just weird just saying Shep as your financial advisor I highly <laughs> recommend that you spend $860 on a sweater self care Shep self-care. okay I'll do it it really is the everything bagel of sweaters alright speaking <laughs> of weird things <laughs> This week, I encountered an empty space where a newsletter sign-up form should have been, and we had just done some work on the site that I was looking at, so I feared that something was broken, and I kind of panicked, but thankfully, nothing was broken. It turns out it was actually just my ghostery Chrome extension doing its thing, so I marked the site as trusted, everything was as it should be, but I've never seen an ad blocker block an actual form before, so just something to keep an eye out for, kids. If anything ever looks wonky or out of place, just check that first before you panic and, and bother your developers. What about you, Greg? So, you know, for me, just I guess to go a little Aaron Lewis on everybody, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm feeling really good in <laughs> business, work, life, even, even just like, again, self-care. I'm running I, I've the lockdown got to me a little bit. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of things, a lot of plates that have to keep spinning. And I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel good. I just feel good. And I wanted to say that, I guess, that client results are up. We are in a meeting this week and Mark, who hops on the show um, every now and then, had, had jumped into, in, pointed out the fact that he had an apology that some of the revenue numbers were a typo because they're too high for a client. It wasn't. They were actually on like jokingly high. And it's great. The sun's out. It stopped snowing here in Buffalo. New York's opening back up. We've got more business somehow now than we had pre-lockdown. Again, we've been working really hard. We've got Jill on our team. She's been absolutely killing it. Um, it just, everything seems like, it seems like we've got hope. And we actually do yeah, have hope. We do have hope. Yeah, our, our amazing uh, <laughs> hope. So I guess I, just in general, I feel like it was a grind. You know, you hear people all the time, hustle, grind, hustle, grind, hustle, grind, culture, whatever. Like, I feel like things are doing better. And I just, I just want to say that I'm feeling fortunate, guys. I don't know. Do you guys feel that at all or no? I do. And I'm wondering if part of it is that this was the first week it didn't snow in two years. <laughs> no, it, it is getting better. It's I see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is nice. Yeah. Between the sunshine and the, the stained reference, I'm feeling very, very fortunate, especially right in this moment. 
Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. <laughs> Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. Walmart is shutting down Jet.com. This is the online shopping site that it bought in 2016 for $3 billion as part of its attempts to better compete with Amazon. And when they acquired Jet in 2016, Walmart said it was, quote, critical to accelerating their Omni strategy. <laughs> but last year, Walmart lost $2 billion on its online e-commerce operations, so they are shutting Jet down to refocus on their retail locations. We should note that their e-commerce business has been picking up lately because of the pandemic, but that apparently wasn't enough to revive this $3 billion investment, apparently. And... I don't know anything about Jet at all, but I mean, it's no wonder that their e-commerce business is so bad. Every time I've ever ordered something from Walmart, it's a disaster. Like they're selling things from all these other websites. Half the time you'll order something and it'll just automatically be out of stock. I once went there like four times to try to pick up a basketball hoop because they make it so hard. They're just not doing a great job. I will take the opposite view. I like Walmart. I think that their app is fine. I enjoy the fact that they help Amazon lower prices because they'll compete. They actually compete. If you look at the pricing from Amazon and Walmart, many times when there's something that's popular, that'll help drive it down. And up until I had one horrible pickup shopping experience pre-pandemic, the pickup from shopping was great at Walmart. No, I think it's bad. You can't pick anything up after 8 p.m. But you can also deliver on anything over $35. Amazon, you can deliver anything if you're a Prime member. I agree, but you don't have to pay for free $35 shipping. I just think it's terrible. And I can't tell you how many times I've ordered a puzzle from them. And the second I submit my order, they told me it's actually out of stock and they lied to me. It happened four times. At least they don't mail it to you (laughs) pre-built. That would be just as bad. (laughs) Anyway, I've got a, a, a great thing. And this is what I would do right now. If we had the technology of time travel, I'd hop back 2016 and get in front of Sam Walton or whatever Walton it is at this point and say, I've got a deal for you. Instead of buying Jet for $3 billion, give me $1 billion. I'm going to take $2 billion and I'm going to donate it to charity in your name. And you're going to come out ahead. Who wouldn't do that deal? I just With think 2020 more... vision? Literally 2020 vision. Literally. There's a lot more that I would do before that if I went back in a time machine. Like maybe, as you said earlier, you can invest in Shopify or perhaps just tell everyone to wash their hands a little bit more. Um, I don't think Sam Walton would be my, my first priority. I think he, he left, left us in the 90s, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think so. I don't know anything about him. I'm looking it up. All right. Anyway, on to our grab bag, our segment segments. And first up, we've got a brand new segment here called Social or Not Social. And this comes from the New York Times. And there is a new hot app in Silicon Valley. And it's called Clubhouse. And no, thank Clubhouse you. is an exclusive social app that you can't get access to. It's only for the elite of the elite. Ew. If you hop into Clubhouse, 
you need to be invited and you need to be one of the up and comers in Silicon Valley. Social or not social? Anti-social. Social. And stupid. Mm. Agreed. Amen. All right, next up is a tweet from Twitter. As we talked about before, Twitter is limiting who can respond to tweets. And the Twitter communications team, because they didn't have anything better to do, like make a usable ad platform. Anyway, I digress. So the Twitter communications platform put out a tweet saying, reply if you want to be verified, exclamation point. Guys, click on that tweet. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Uh I can't wait. So this tweet that they put out. You didn't exactly make it easy to click on. No, you didn't. It's a link. It's not. It's not a link. It went in there unlinked. I got there. Oh my god! They limited replies. They limited replies. They said <gasps> replies can be verified, knowing that they've got a flawed verification system. They won't let other verification happen right now, unless you're the utmost celebrity. And they made a joke saying, "Reply if you want to be verified," and didn't let anybody reply to this. Social or not social? Not social. That- like kick them out of the clubhouse. That's bad. Jack, you're out. All right, next segment is, is podcasting dead? No. 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 Correct answer, Shep. Joe Rogan is going to Spotify exclusively. They're not buying his IP or anything like that. His show will just only be able to be consumed on Spotify, not on even YouTube. So if you want to listen to Joe Rogan, you need Spotify, and the deal is worth over one hundred million dollars. Wow. Not dead. You know, you know who is dead? Sam Walton. I looked it up. Nineteen ninety-two. You were right. Oh man, Too long soon. time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Next up in the in his podcasting, dead. In case you haven't heard the drama, there's been a lot going on with what was this week the highest rated podcast above Joe Rogan, the call her daddy podcast on Barstool Sports. And the two co-hosts over on this podcast, Alex and Sophia had stopped podcasting and gotten a fight with Barstool essentially. And each other. And each other. Yes. But I believe the fight kind of came first and then they got with each other. But what happened is the, the co-founder of Barstool came out and hijacked the feed because they technically own the feed and all the IP and the entire show. And they talked about the fact of what was happening. But essentially, they admitted to saying that this podcast that was started up, I think there were like 87 episodes or something like that, um, was making about $100,000 per episode. And the two hosts were both making about a half million dollars each, and they had stopped doing it. But podcasting, not dead. Not dead at all. Chep, did you hear about this? I did. We've actually been talking about it a lot because I just want the girls to get along. I think if they're united, they could bring the show back. Right. And I'm not a big Dave Portnoy from Barstool guy, but... Yeah, I'm anti-Barstool kind of, but... (laughs) Well, I think he did a good job. Listen, if you want to, you can listen to it. And it was funny that it came out where everybody's like, 
oh, Spotify just bought the Joe Rogan podcast, the number two podcast in the world. And it's like, oh, well, what's number one? This one where there's this big beef. So. And why can't anyone just go by their real name? Like, I was calling the guy El Presidente, and my husband yelled at me. Apparently, that's not his name, but it is his Instagram handle. Just call people their real name. You know, take it from me, Shep. Okay, yeah. Shep <laughs> Yeah, Shep Zernel. <laughs> Which one of the three IDs should I use? All right. Zing. And next up is Burn Your Slacks. It's back. And this comes from Toby with an I, at Toby on Twitter. And Toby Lutke, the CEO of Shopify, said, as of today, Shopify is a digital by default company. We will keep our offices closed until 2021 so that we can rework them for this new reality. And after that, most will permanently work remotely. Office centricity is over. I I get this. Being at home is nice. I miss you guys. I like being in the office. Same. I miss our studio. Yeah. You guys are all right. It's so hard. It's so hard doing this virtually. All right. And lastly, in our segment segments is a new segment called Extra, Extra Spice Served Up For You. And the listeners of this fabulous show you're listening to now haven't been privy to the fantastic recaps that we get in our Slack channel every week from our own Mark Saltarelli at Mark underscore from underscore MKTG on Twitter. Mark from Marketing. He's kept these internal for a long time. And as of last week, he started giving the real scoop, giving it 100, a full buck on what has happened on the show this week. And if you want the inside scoop, it's great, right? He talks about what he agrees with. He'll roast me half the time. Great <laughs> time to with Jess, but he gives the full scoop on what's happened. It's super entertaining, and it, and he has to do it in a series because he has so much to say. But you don't want to miss a single tweet. It's phenomenal stuff. Great feedback. It's fantastic. It's the inside scoop as to, from Mark's brain. Don't miss it, and go follow him on Twitter at Mark underscore from MKTG. Mark from Marketing. <laughs> And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is, was there a Google update from Search Engine Roundtable? And it's a nifty little tool that you can use to check if there was indeed an update at a certain time. It goes all the way back to 2003, so it's pretty legit. And to use it, all you have to do is plug in a date. That is it. If there was an update on or around that date, the tool will surface Search Engine Roundtable's coverage of it. So you can dive in and learn more, which is really sweet. And even if there wasn't an update, there's a pretty funny result too, but I'm not going to spoil it because everyone should go try this for themselves. It's easy, it's fun, and it's especially handy for historical context. So head on over to wasthereagoogleupdate.com and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from not the SEO hero that we wanted, but the hero that SEO needs, Aaron Wall, SEO book. And he's got a post called Managing Volatility. And it's a hack and takedown. And he starts with, upon the recently announced Google update, I've seen some people tweet things like, if you're afraid of algorithm updates, 
you must be a crappy SEO. If you are technically perfect in your SEO, updates will only help you. I read these sorts of lines and cringe. When I repost by Aaron Wall, I get shivers down my spine because he just knows how to break these things down in a way that's fact. And he's been doing this for 15 years and nobody listened to him 15 years ago and everything he said came true. And it's because he's got a perspective that none of these talking head SEOs or engagement first folks, uh, they just can't have this. And it's a fantastic breakdown. I don't, I don't think it got enough publicity. Um, and I'm going to read another excerpt and check it out on your own. He breaks down Facebook, YouTube, and why you need to plan for volatility, how you can, and the history of it. So he says, sharp changes can happen at any point in time. For years, Google was funding absolute garbage like Mahalo, auto-generated spam, and eHow, with each month being a new record. It's very hard to say we're doing it wrong or we need to change everything when it works month after month after month. Then an update happens and poof. Was eHow decent back in the first internet bubble? Sure, but it lost money. Was it decent after it got bought out for a song and had the paywall dropped in favor of using the new Google AdSense program? Sure. Was it decent that they demand media acquired it? Sure. Was it decent on the day of the demand media IPO? Almost certainly not. But there was a lag between that day and getting penalized. Do you have shivers, guys? Or no? So many. That was like a live poetry reading. I want to snap <laughs> for you right now. You should read the articles for the audio books version. Snap for Aaron. I mean, demand media did some shady stuff. They opened. They were 50 bucks a share. They're probably a buck 50 now. Everything got screwed over. And it's like, look. Just because things are working now doesn't mean it's going to work in tomorrow in a month or in 2022. And that's what Aaron has been saying since like 2004. I don't know. Go read this article. How about that? Must read marketing article for a reason. All right. That does it for today's show. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Ahrefs, Optio, and of course, the must attend summit, the e-summit from Search Engine Journal. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. And this week's episode featured Jamie Albertico, who is not a robot. This is a talk about technical SEO, and this one was pretty entertaining. Jamie talked about her routine during lockdown and why she lives for Crawl Render Index. And she's not focused on content. She's not focused on keywords. She doesn't know how to do keyword research. If you are a monstrous site, it needs loads and loads and loads and loads of technical help. This is the episode for you. And it is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week we are playing everyone's favorite game, Slanguage. <laughs> I pull what people are saying on the streets 
and you have to make that definition. If you get You're not right even there. on the streets. No Tech one should be on the streets. Trap, it's the New York pause. We're in lockdown. I can't go on the streets or I could face up to a $1,000 fine. But I'm monitoring the streets. <laughs> I can see the streets. I'm just oh. not on them. Okay? But it's a language happening on the streets. <laughs> Who wants to start? Me. Well, actually, you can ring in. Ring in with your name. Oh, no. Shop, say it's going to be a disaster. Shop, say shop. We Thank haven't you. done this virtually. This is going to be a disaster. It's going to be hard, yeah. Thank, Thank God you. Hope is in here. Thank you. You have no faith in me in this game. So, first up, upperwear. Jess. Jess. A bra. Like your underwear, but on the top. Incorrect. You wouldn't pick that. Shep, do you want to um, take a hat? Incorrect. You both have lost. Upperwear is a wardrobe you create when you work online or on TV and you're only seen for oh. the oh. big time during these uncertain, unprecedented, unforeseen times. All right. Next up, ring in with your names. Remember, COVID-38. Jess. Jess. <laughs> Um, when you get COVID again? Yes! Jess is taking the lead. If you get COVID twice, apparently it's called COVID-38. I had no idea. Well, 19 times 2 is 38, right? Math, guys. guys. That was fast math. Thank you. Best I've ever done. All right, next up. Currently, Jess one, Shep zero. We're going to go with half sender. What? Huh? Half sender? A half sender. Shep, you can take a stab. I've been hogging all the guesses. I have no, well, because I haven't known yes. any of them. Be competitive. I don't um, have a good answer. <laughs> I have no idea when you send an email from two people. I have no idea. Incorrect. Jess, can you steal? I'm going to try because I should be competitive. A half sender is when you um, you load up an email in a draft and then you never send it. Okay. You're both wrong. <laughs> that was I'm a good answer. I'll a point for this, okay? Maybe I'm going to win this game. Because a full send is when you don't even care about the consequences, right? You're just going to be like, yo, full send, boom, send it to the, to the chat. You send it to the boys, right? That's a full send. What? So half send is when you censor yourself, right? Like you don't say what you really mean. You're half sender. You're not telling the truth. Did you make this up? No, I didn't. This is just the streets. Aren't you not sending at all? Yeah. No, you're half sender. You either send or you don't. Okay, so it's just one. Greg won. I'm not even in the game. And Shep is zero. Shep, I'm disappointed. I Maybe don't know any of these. Shep. Look out the window, see what's happening on the streets there. Maybe we're going to get this. Because next up is Shift F7. Okay. Can I use my keyboard? You have to log in first. What? What do you mean? You have to say your name first. Well, it's not doing anything. Shep. Shep. Does it, like, close a Zoom window really fast? No. Jess, oh, can I you I want to steal. 
Does does Shift F seven like explode your computer? Basically, it, it's no. like a devastating I'm gonna effect. Game. I'm gonna win the game. Shift F seven is a thesaurus in Microsoft Word. So if you don't, if you get caught up, like I do many times, I stutter sometimes. I can't think of what I want to say, and if I don't have that word, I can just say Shift F seven. That's what kids say now. You say Shift F seven. Kids don't use Microsoft Word; they use Google Docs. But you they made say this up. F seven. This is language. No. So if you can't think of what you're going to say, you need an adjective that matches that or whatever that matches it. Pull out this. Instead of actually using a thesaurus, you could say Shift F seven. I don't you should just say that. Porky Pig because he always stutters you until guys, he says something new. Terrible. You guys are absolutely terrible at this. You don't know the pulse of society. The kids. What you website can't. are these words from? His from brain. The streets. That's not a website. The streets don't have websites. And we're going <laughs> to end on this. <laughs> the streets don't have websites? Greg, you made these up. I'm sorry. Boomer holes. Okay. Boomer. Shep, I'm just trying. Um, is it like a crazy misinformation Facebook article and then like they get stuck in the comments? No. Jess, can wow. you steal that's genius. Um, a boomer hole is a garage. It's where they hang out. No, this might be my absolute favorite slang that I've heard this year. It's when you move into a house or you rent a place that was previously owned by a boomer, like a boomer that subscribes to cable and drilled a hole in the <laughs> wall or the floor. It's a boomer hole. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> and I win. Three to one to zero. And I can't we win. We'll see you next week.